1: Tiger fans, welcome to episode 246 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club Podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcasts and Spotify listeners, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow tiger talk with the 1400 club on facebook and tiger talk 1400 on instagram and twitter it all helps the cause which is the i love jackson state university hosting today's show
2: is ken clark appreciate that d Corey c welcome back to tiger talk with the 1400 club as he said this is your main man Ken Clark, and we got the gang back together again. I'm joined by Zoe DeLorean and the big Aristotle, aka Zoe and Shaq. What's up, brothers? What's going on, man? What's up, Ken? What's up, Zo? What's up, D I Love?
3: What up, yeah. Ken? What up, Shaq? What up, D I Love family?
2: Yeah, 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 man. We 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 you you know when, when you hear those three names, Shaq, Ken, and Zoe. You know what time it is, man. It's about to be some spicy. We're gonna we, some some <laughs> I ain't gonna get into that. But we're gonna we gonna let you hear what it is we got to talk about. Man, we really honestly reason why I wanted to get us back together uh for this show is really just to kind of encapsulate uh where college football is headed, man. I know Shaq. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna start calling you. Well, you, your name actually fits
3: you. BA man, big Aristotle, big, big
2: Aristotle, man, because this this man is. You batting a thousand right now on a lot of the things that you touched on um, when you you kind of was looking at the historical data that transpired in, in college football and kind of where you've seen it. I know you pay attention to a lot of the things that most the average football player don't, the average football fan don't pay attention to, like budgets and um, you know conference realignment. You called this, and shout out to uh, the fourteen hundred club, Tiger Talk, the fourteen hundred club uh social media page. We retweeted. a a a revisitation of a show that we did august the 12th 2021 where we actually referenced a conversation when we were talking about you remember coach you remember coach prime flirted with the big 12 and everybody went crazy "Ah, y'all can't do now we're here because Shaq, you touched on some things in regards to like conference realignment um some some uh, people operating in the red Oh man, it's almost like you was on sitting on sitting on some of these calls and you heard them and you kind of brought it to the masses. So we'll start there. I just kind of wanted to throw out um this is kind of a, 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 a fun just revisitation of that show. And we kind of wanted to capture the current moment and what what you guys are seeing transpire in college football and how that's gonna affect not only HBCUs, but our very own D I Love Jack State University and our football program. And we'll see where it goes. We'll
4: start with you, Shaq. Man, look, I appreciate that that nice intro, uh, Ken. That was <laughs> wonderful, bro. I'm I may have to cut that. I may have to cut that and make that a cell phone, a cell phone <laughs> intro or something. That was nice. Do what but, you gotta do, man. It's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but but overall, man, look, all you had to do is just look at the landscape. Um, you have here you've heard pundits talk about for years about this college, um, this bubble with coaching salaries and budgets and everything else. And you look at what's transpiring in our economy. You look at what's transpiring uh, across the globe. And the the crazy thing that COVID did was just basically, it, it almost fast-tracked um, the process at which we're going to have to start over. Um, mm. And so college football is no different. I mean, everybody is seeing what the inflation rate is doing to our economy right now. We're seeing we're having to do more with less. And I think on that podcast, we were talking about one of the things that black colleges in general have um have basically almost perfected and that's doing more with less so this right. is this is kind of like our norm this is our space <laughs> if you will that's not that's not the same reality for some of these big programs who've been eating steak and lobster for the the, the past 20 30 40 years right. so so now we're starting to see some regression take place and what you're starting to see in college football across the board are, are schools starting to, to align themselves because they think it's survival of the fittest. That's basically what this is. This get in where you fit in, dog, eat dog. We're trying to survive and we're trying to make sure that we have a sizable um, brand awareness or brand recognition by being a part of a major conference, which is gonna hopefully bring you in some a, a nice TV deal where you can share amongst all of the schools in the conference. That's what this is. And so mm. the, the swag is no different. The MEAC is no different. Black college football is no different. We're also also going to have to um, face a realignment or face the possibility. Well, I will not even just say possibility. Our unity has always been our worth. I've always said that to you guys, even offline. So I'm saying it publicly as well. But us coming together, who knows what type of TV deal may be around the corner waiting. I consider this our time. This is this is years and years of us grinding um, and and working behind the scenes, doing more with less, to finally get the exposure and recognition that we are warranted and deserved. And now that we're here, we're acting like we're surprised that we're here. Embrace mm. the moment. We've been working for this our, our entire lives. So now, just get ready for the ride.
3: Mm. Well, Shaq, I, I, to, to echo to that, man. When it comes down to where we are in the whole. You know, college experience right now, you know, with the advent of the news of USC and UCLA, you know, joining the Big Ten, it basically was the second I will call earthquake in the world of college football to shake the football world up. That first earthquake actually happened in December of last year when Jackson State signed Travis Hunter. This was Mm. the second earthquake. When you talk about the shift in college football and I way it is, I
2: thought you were going to say Texas Oklahoma to SEC, but but go ahead, keep going. I, like I mean,
3: but, but but Texas Oklahoma it, it was, but um, the, the main thing was was, Tra- was Travis Hunter because we're talking about yeah. something that never been done before. You right. know, Oklahoma and Texas is it's a team leaving a conference, but and, and 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 that died down. But when mm. it came to uh, USC and UCLA, because mind you, Texas and Oklahoma are. They kind of merged and you can see them fitting in in, in the southeast Southeastern Conference because, right. that's know, a good point. but but the thing about you you UCLA UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten that was it's a game changer because it's something that's never been done. It came out of left field. This is not just going to another conference. This is going to another conference from the West Coast all the way to the Midwest. And it goes back to to the whole HBCU point with. And I, let me just say this: it goes back to everything with Jackson State. Because with all the detractors, you know basically all the complaints are coming from people who have no vision, and right. you know a lot of times it just comes down to people want to disbelieve things that they can't see, so the the first thing they want to do is you know throw negativity at it because they just can't see it and i we we don't have time for people with twenty eight division you know we can't we can't we can't worry about that we got good insurance we twenty twenty over here, so <laughs> you know so so going forward, you know we can't worry about what people can't see because again our vision is for us and we and you know our model should be the hbcu model what's jackson state model right now building on tradition blazing new trails and right. damn it we've been blazing the trail since co-prime been here everything we've done man it's been big oh you're not gonna do this we hold my coffee we're doing the next thing and I, and again i say it just about on every third or fourth podcast i make this statement and i say Man, go back and watch Coach Pines' press conference. Everything that he said that he wanted to do, he's doing it. And, again, mm-hmm. you know, we're not doing the status quo. So the thing is, everything that we're planning on doing, the things you hear about doing, and mind you, even the whole thought of Jackson State going to this other conference, that didn't come from a Jacksonian. That didn't come come from anybody that has HBCU got, uh, ties. So the mere fact that if someone else can see it, yeah, it may sound crazy, but you know what? Your dreams gotta be bigger than you. And if your dreams aren't bigger than you, are you really dreaming? So J- JSU is dreaming, but we're actually putting our foot forward to obtaining certain things. So will we will we make the big 10? I mean, make the big 10? Probably not. But you know what? We're on the radar. People are talking. And at some point, you know, either the swag will move up or JSU will do it. But that's another conversation for another day.
2: So let me say this, because you guys have I I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna spectate and just listen and just try to let y'all let y'all do y'all thing with as, as, as less interruption as possible. I've done a lot of talking, you know, on social media. I put a lot of tweets out. I I I jump in a space here and there, and we all have a part to play. And I, I just wanna make sure that we capture the moment. But Shaq, you said something that I thought was very poignant, and it was to, to the point of we're talking about HBCUs and you're talking about us being the masters of doing more with less, right? Can we all agree that even though we've mastered that, that is not the norm? No, it's not. It's not normal. It's not. It's that not. Is not normal. And I always I I always say this like this. Everybody ain't broke. <laughs> everybody ain't miserable. If you are, if everybody you know miserable, then maybe you need to get in the company of some people that's happy. Because Change I'm telling you, even even in the space of a, a world that looks to be going haywire, right? There's still some people that are very happy. There's still some people that's financially sound. There's still some people that's doing uh very well. So we, we gotta get out of this mindset. We've been in this mindset and in this space and been so underfunded and so underappreciated and so undervalued for so long that we've started believing the um the, the lies. The story we've been the lies. the lies. We started believing exactly. the lies. Yes. So when people say, Oh boy, oh man, oh man, here we go, here we go, here we go. Cause the 1400 club said, even then we went to the, they didn't even went to church. Cause you know, I always, I always, I always have it. Cause somebody say y'all are the delusional fans. Well, what my Bible says that, you know, that if you was going to basically what a delusion was going to be, you was going to start
4: believing the lie. Right? That's correct. My Bible also tells me without, without. Hey man, oh, uh, for uh, every uh, person that calls
3: you a delusional fan, call them a pessimistic fan. Cause that's what they are. Well, here's,
2: here's all I'm saying. Well, if we're going to say, okay, you know, it says that for, they will believe the lie. The lie is, is that we, we don't have value. The lie is that we, 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 we believe that it's okay to be in a space. It's okay to just be the best of the least. And so when you start to dream big and start to envision big, then here come the detractors and here come the naysayers and here come the doubters and that's how you really know that you're on track so on I the right love that track. you brought up i love that you brought up a great point that a lot of the stuff that are being thrown out and talked about aren't coming from within the jackson state camp it's coming from without the camp which is even beautiful but here's what i have to what i what i want to say cuz I, I i did bring this up and i'm going to let y'all jump back into it because a lot of this I, I, the word that keeps coming to mind is radical right and i want to i want to define the word radical And I'm gonna use from dictionary.com, the number two definition says, thoroughly thoroughgoing or extreme, especially as regards to change from accepted or traditional forms. And that is what we've been talking about. This man, uh, Coach Prime, that has come to Jackson State is a revolutionary. He has a very radical approach and mindset when it comes to leveling the playing field. He's laid out his plan as to what he wants to do. And listen, We've already covered on the previous shows. Then we talk about his coaching staff additions. Then we we talk about the layout of his, uh, 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 we just brought on coach Mo Sims, who was the (laughs) associate strength and conditioning coach of Georgia Bulldogs. I'm saying there's a lot of things being put in place. And Zoe says this all the time. He said, we are an FBS school in FCS clothing. Everything we do speaks to FBS, even though we are FCS. So... um, I, I wanted to just kind of capture that and bring that up and just say, listen, man, those are the two things I got from you guys, but I'll turn it back over to you, Shaq, and let you keep
4: going. Well, I mean, King, all this basically means is that we're striving for excellence. We're trying to make excellence our norm. Mm-hmm. And if you have been stuck in a mentality of below average expectations, that mentality becomes your norm if, if that's all you saw for the past 10 years of your life. It's almost, it's almost. I, I related to this. You ever been to um a person who maybe stayed in a in an old home, and they got mothballs in the house, and yep. you know they've been in this house for the past fifteen years, and they got mothballs in the closet everywhere, and they get accustomed to the mothball smell, and then they mm-hmm. get guests coming over, and, and the guests come over, they're like, I smell mothballs, and the person like, No, you don't. You don't smell no mothballs. and you're like, Yeah, I do. It's been like, it's been like old folks in here and they're like, no, I don't, but it's because they're used to it. You know what that's called? What do you call it? It's called, it's called
2: old factory fatigue. There it is. It's when, it's when the, your, your sense of smell has become fatigued.
4: Desensitized.
2: Desensitized. It's it's desensitized at this point. It's like sitting in a restroom where you relieve yourself. You no longer smell it after the first couple of minutes. You're, you're, <laughs> if you stay in there long enough, you basically become one with the smell, and it, it just is normal.
3: Well, but, Shaq, but, Actually, actually, that's a great analogy that you use because to, to 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 even add to that, I like the analogy of it being um, a mothball because typically, who use mothballs? Senior folks, citizens, old folks. So, <laughs> so the so so the in this analogy that you're using, that old folks represents the typical HBCU fan. Old head, mm. old way <laughs> of thinking, old way of doing things. Mothball yeah, I mean, smellers
4: yeah and that's that's <laughs> what we are and so right now we're we're charged with thinking different and for some people it's tough to do that because they don't even know how they don't even know how to to retransform their mindset to think beyond the limitations of their current environment because if we... that's all if that's all they see that's all they know.
2: Well, it it makes you it brings up the mindset uh or what we what we learned of like slavery, right? There was two there was two typical there was two different types of slaves that we it, we spoke of. We talked about the f- the field slave and the house slave, right? Where in that particular setting, from what, from a historical standpoint, I think we all can agree that there were some that would start to measure themselves versus the others. Because their situation maybe was a little worse than theirs, right? Mm-hmm. So those that gave the, the the toughest resistance for change were those that were probably comfortable within the setting that they had. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm mm-hmm. I uh and we call that the house the house Negro versus the, the field Negro, right? And I don't want to go too deep into that, but I I, I we don't sugarcoat on a Tiger Talk, and we 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 give you, you know. We give you the good, authentic, man.
4: the authentic truth. It's,
2: it's, it's raw and it's real, man. And that's, and, and like I said, it's, 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 it can be a little uncomfortable when we start. Ex- Cause we're going to get into it. Cause I do want to talk about the article, the sports illustrated article that you mentioned in, re- in reference to, you know, Zoe talked about USC and, and UCLA leaving, but Shaq, you come back and you, you talked about how in relation to the budgets, you know, UCLA wasn't, wasn't really operating at a level that we would all think that they were, you know? So, of course, they're going to want to realign in another conference because there's a lot of money, a billion-dollar TV deal. You can get anywhere from 50 to $100 million um, from that particular aspect of it. But we also want to touch on the fact that, okay, what, it, what would it look like uh, if we do decide that we want to, like, how is this conference realignment? How is it going to fall down to the FCS programs, i.e. the HBCUs, more specifically Man, Jackson to, State.
4: To be honest with you, I, I don't I don't I don't think there is gonna continue to be an FBS FCS structure. Okay. Speak I, I think I think behind the scenes there are so many high-level discussions going on with the NCAA and with outside entities um through FBS or both sponsorship or third party entities and, and companies that want to sponsor programs and even uh, associations with um other leagues like the nfl the xfl the usfl I, I don't i just to speculate just for the sake of speculation guys we don't the 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 reality of what's about to come down the pipeline i don't think anybody is prepared for i think the entire landscape of college football will never go back to being the same i think there's some schools from a budgetary standpoint that they may have to cancel some programs. Um, not not cancel all of their football programs, but just cancel some of their sports in order to make their budgets work. I think you're going to start to see coaching salaries go down significantly. I think you're going to see staffs, um, the size of staffs go down significantly. I think you're going to start to see schools struggle with scholarships and sponsoring all scholarships. So you're going to see some changes across the board, and you're going to see the need for companies and additional sponsorship through either TV deals or or company deals or or bowl um or bowl games, whatever the case may be, you're gonna see companies need to are gonna be a realigning to help support and and help with the with the gaps that may exist in in the operations of some of these programs. But for a lot of these football programs, and you saw it in that article in the Sports Illustrated article, mm-hmm. that basically this was a cash move for those two schools, without question. This is a cash move. This is a protection. This is a long term protection move. And I don't care what anybody says in terms of, oh, man, you know, UCLA got that kind of money. Yeah, you got that kind of money, but you also spending that kind of money and you spending it like it's going out of style. So we may not know what's going on. We may not know all the things behind the scenes. But what we do know is the current environment that we're in right now is going to require us to pull back a little bit.
3: And to actually touch on that, too, you, you, use UCLA for the example. You know, they'll, you know, we, we hear in, in, a, in a good example about, you know, JSU and this perceived move. You know, you look at UCLA, for example, they had a $100 million deficit, right? They go ahead and make this move. The deficit is wiped clean. But even if they didn't have the deficit, you know, in the conference that they were in, they were only making so much money. So why did they leave and go to the Big 12, me to the Big 10 for more money? So why is it that when you have an example of Jackson State, people want to be stuck on what we have as opposed to what we're trying to acquire? So, again, whenever it's some whenever it's any other entity, it makes sense if you're trying to better yourselves or position yourself for greater success. But whenever it's us. Or uh, you know, whenever it's one of us doing anything or trying to upgrade or better yourselves or put yourself in a great position, we think of the we want to use the opposition and use the resistance as to why we can't do something as opposed to why we can. Because you know, if we try to move up anywhere, we're trying to move up for you know to better oppositioning. We always hear, oh, your budget is this, you can't do this. Well, never right. mind the fact that we're trying to move up so we can increase our budget. You know, I'll use an example. You know, Mississippi State. You know, they're in the SEC. Charter member, right? Well, look at Old Miss and Mississippi State. Now, somebody of them say, well, they're not good. Well, it doesn't matter whether they're good or not. They're at the conference. They're in that conference for a particular reason. Well, guess what? Mississippi State's budget is solely what they get from the payout from the SEC. Same thing with Ole Miss. Their mm. budget comes solely from their uh, from the SEC payout. Is every school in the SEC like that? Of course not. But those who particular schools are. So the same thing can can be the uh, – the setup for them, same thing can happen for Jackson state. I just hate how we always look to resistance as to why we can't do something as opposed to put your thinking cap on. I'm not even just trying to say being optimistic because most people tend to be pessimistic, but in this case, use your thinking cap, use both ends of the spectrum, like a Libra scale and see and think about how something can be done as opposed to just automatically gravitating to how something can't be done. Well,
2: well here's my thing. Here's my take on that. Like, I always say this, and that's why I brought up the word "radical," because I'm gonna keep going back to that. When we're talking about challenging the norms in an extreme manner, my question is this: Man, like, anytime you're making history, usually the thing that you made didn't exist prior, right? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a there wasn't there was no precedent in place. We had never seen that before, and it came about. We're using technology. Every single technology is the greatest. Technology, medicine, um, the different advancements that we've seen that that have transpired—cars, I mean—you name it. We we live in that space, but it's like when we come and try to apply that to something as simple as a, you know, um, football program at, at HBCU. It's like, whoa! Why would you want to even think that high? You know, you guys are, you know, you guys don't have the money. Like I said, you can't afford the scholarship, blah 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 blah. But you don't want to make, you don't want to include. The X factor. The things that we're saying is X factor by our head coach Deion Sanders. Let's just call it what it is. Because we've seen this man do the impossible in a very short period of time. And let me echo
3: and let me echo what Coach Prime was saying in this sense. Because out of his own mouth, whenever you're trying to whenever you're provoking change, there's gonna be some haters, There's are gonna be some naysayers. Mm-hmm. Whenever you provoke a change. And you know what Jackson State is doing? Provoking Provoking change. change. Whenever you're blazing a trail, you're doing something that hasn't been done before.
2: So let me ask you this then. Let me just throw it out there and play devil's advocate for a minute. Jackson State, why would you want to move up to an FBS program? Why would you want to go FBS? If everything that Shaq is saying is true, where these budget cuts and these issues and all this that is coming – because what we, what we talked on about on one of those shows was that the middleman was going to be affected the most. These little small, mid-major FBS programs, they're going to take the biggest hit. The question to pose itself was, is that why would we want to do that? Why would we not want to wait and just stay and dominate within the space that we're in and then go later after we, there's a little bit more certainty? Why would we want to go up? Because keep in mind, we're not moving up tomorrow or the day after that either. It's nothing wrong with envisioning moving up and actually having a plan in place and a roadmap, we've entertained the idea of moving up as a conference. We've entertained the idea of moving up solo. But the question I pose to both of you guys is why would Jackson state want to move up and be an FBS football program? If that opportunity presented itself. I'll
3: touch on that. I'll touch on that. Um, and I, I've heard, oh, you know, we have to get things work. Uh, I find this, like, no, if that's the case then just like in your own personal life there are no guarantees you don't sit there and like oh you know what i'll uh i'll do this when this happens you know what i'm saying like we're waiting on the perfect time life doesn't happen that way you grab the bull by the horns you have a plan in place and you follow through with your plan but the thing is why put off tomorrow what you can get done today so the thing is there are other reasons why we can join the fbs conference because again right now uh our, our branding is at an all time high. You know, we're, we're actually in a wanted space. You know, uh, I would not be surprised that after this football season if we're actually contacted by some other conference. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I'm also saying that I wouldn't be surprised if it happened either. Um, you know, I, I use the example that if we were in, to join the Sunbelt Conference right here today, we would have the biggest brand in that conference. That's not hyperbole. That's fact. Um, the Four hundred Club actually put out a tweet today in regards to like uh, branding because someone actually uh, mentioned it and um, actually showed that, you know, Jackson State's football program on IG has Twitter, uh, Twitter followers. Uh, oh, Twitter. I'm Twitter sorry. Uh, well, no, no. The IG followers. Let I me mean, get to that first. We have one hundred and eighty thousand okay. followers on IG. The mm, okay, entire okay. the entire Missouri Valley Conference has a combined one hundred thousand followers. The entire Ivy League has seventy five thousand followers, and the entire MEAC combined has twenty one thousand followers. There was another tweet that uh. Uh, Jackson State on IG. Jackson State has 180,000 followers, right? Ole Miss has 169,000 followers. Mississippi State, 153,000. USC, 130,000 followers. Texas Tech, 120,000 followers. Baylor, 105,000. And TCU, 100,000 followers. So, you know, when we talk about our brand and what we have and people say, Oh, that's just because of the DM, and we can say some of it is, uh, with him, but you can't separate it. He's Jackson state's head. Absolutely. Football coach. But, but, but to answer, to further answer your question, you know, their resources, you know, since people want to talk about our budget, why will we not try to join a conference where we can have the potential of, uh, of raising our budget an extra 20 to $25 million a year. And then guess what? By ha- being in that conference, having those funds, then we can, you know, accelerate, you know, uh, with our facilities even better to turn us into a world-class facility. You know, it's then you're forging new relationships, you know, then that's on the athletic side. You get it. You align yourself with another conference where you can do other things on the educational side. You know, Jackson State is a great world-renowned research institution one of the best research institutions in the country not just hbcus so there are other means outside of athletics where it can enhance you in doing so but also if jackson state does take that step up and become uh an fbs school you know we will officially be dubbed as i'm gonna go ahead and say it. we will be america's hbcu trust me when like i tell you already yeah I, oh, like I, mean, well, but, I mean, I mean, I what you're know, saying, but, but the the different dichotomy in that though is that we're in the conference with other HBCUs. When we when That's we correct. if we if we were to step out and join the FBS conference, we're one of one, and so we'll wear that honor. You know, we'll wear that badge and share. You know, with honor, we'll be America's HBCU. Then and now, you're talking about you know, Coast Prime. And let's just say hypothetically, we were in the, this newly formed Big Twelve with, and they merged with uh with these other Pac-12 schools. You know, people say, oh, the travel. This is you, there's no point now talking about travel the logistics all of this going out the window see what we when when people talk about this in, in the regionality of football that was the old way of doing things if you haven't noticed now my friend there's a shift everything is changing we'll say oh well USC don't have to worry about that because they got money well guess what they got money but they they show left to get some what some more money so if you if it's good for USC and UCLA why can't it be good for the kids on this street we're trying to get this bag, because guess what? Staying where we are, we hadn't been getting it. But guess what? For an example, Jackson State is the only brand in all of college athletics whose attendance is rising up, and college football attendance is going down. That's a fact. That's true. It's a fact. Not FBS, and got, not FCS, I, I, in all and we, of college we're, football.
2: We're, we're projected to to, to do another uh, 10K jump this year. I, I'm. I'm I'm predicting uh, an average of, of 52 to 55 K exactly. Obviously. And exactly. That's, that's being generous. And, and guess what generous. else?
3: If Jackson State were to average 55,000 fans this upcoming season. Do you know where they'll put us in the lexicon of FBS programs? It'll put it'll put us definitely within the top 50. Yeah, we'll be smack dab in the middle of power five programs. Mm-hmm. So don't, so that's why I say don't tell me about branding. So we have other logistics as to why it makes the move to, to move up. But if we don't, then I'm fine with that, too. But the thing is, you don't sit there and just not entertain it. Because, again, anything that's going to enhance you, you look at it. As my dad would always say, what's the best time to look for a job when you got one? So you don't sit here and stay stagnant because, oh, we're just stuck here and we're fine. No, you entertain it. Because if the proposition is well worth your while, then you make it. And you take that jump and you be about change. The problem with, A, with FCS sports, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be quiet if you can go for it, chat. is that we've become stagnant. We've become complacent. That's the problem. Coach Prime came in. We're not stagnant anymore. Right. There's right. change on the horizon, fellas. And and, and, and the moment the, the nothing, nothing lasts forever, not even life itself. So the moment you're willing to accept some change, you're gonna be all right. Zo, my brother, you said a mouthful, man.
4: Uh, I I don't even know where to start, but I, I'll start here. No one has ever asked us the question, well, no, my my generation has probably never even concentrated or even asked the question, why was FCS created in the first place? Ooh. Ooh. Good question. Yes. Rabbit hole. Let oh, Go there, because I know. Come on. You. Okay. Come on. There's... <laughs> So so we're we're talking about divisions that are created between FBS and FCS, formerly called one A and one AA. But nobody's asking the question why they were created. And part of the answer is is part of a microcosm of the black experience being in America. And it's underrepresented, underfunded, over marginalized and over penalized. That's the black experience. So for for those of you who don't know why FCS was created, I'm going to give you guys a little history lesson. FCS was created around 1978. It was then called the 1AA Conference. Prior to 1978, from 1973 to 1977, there was only one division for all sports. You ever wonder why everything is, is all division one except for football? Y'all ever wonder why I,
2: so, I have much wondered, much. I have wondered, but go ahead and
4: answer you Football. It. Football is your moneymaker. And mm-hmm. th- these divisions were created and people are going to disagree with that. And that's fine. Just go read your history books. But white schools didn't want to play back, back, schools because of the fear of getting beat on the football team. I mean, beating, beating on the football field. Facts. So you create divisions to ensure that you don't risk losing that exposure by losing to a black team who you knew were better than you during the early
3: 1970s. All right. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the reality. All right. Well, let me add to that. Let me add to that. Not only that, we, we already start, cause we gotta, we gotta tie this in to Sam Bam Cunningham because we already put in place that we're going to drain the talent pool from what you have. Yep. So we're going to drain your talent pool and then not play you. But behind you. We're going to play you in every other sport.
4: Just not in football. Just not in football. So we're gonna we're gonna make you 1A and everything else, except for the sport that really matters, and the sport that brings the bottom dollar home to change the entire budget structures of schools. And so and so, Ken, and so what I'm basically saying when I'm bringing it up is this has always been the case. Anytime you have seen black schools make a step toward progression, just know that the enemy is gonna start rearing its ugly head so we're in an age right now where nil transfer portal have Mm -hmm. all come together and created like this new regime or new reality of how college football sports is going to be is going to be operated and Mm -hmm. then comes along this black school jackson state and now takes advantage of the transfer portal nil and now we get the number one ranked high school player in the nation and then all of a sudden, whoa is Jackson State. How <laughs> dare they steal one of our players? Like, like y'all own these players?
3: And um, yeah.
4: Yeah. y'all, y'all own these, so y'all own these kids, right? Y'all own these kids from high school. How dare they select a school like Jackson State? Oh, we gotta put some perimeters in place to make sure that this don't happen again. Now, people are gonna say, nah, man, you are you off you off your rocker. Well, I'm going to bring up an article that my friend Zoe just sent to me from Sports Illustrated in 1978. And this is when the infancy of the division between FCS or then 1AA and 1A was created and started. It says, the highlight, the NCAA splits its decision. The big boys didn't score a knockout over the smaller schools but they did take a cautious step toward autonomy for those that are out here do you guys know what that mean break it down brother it means <laughs> that in 1978 they tried to deal a death blow to some of these black schools that's right that's what this means but it didn't work and now they're going to start to do it and target it again. And so all of this chatter that you're starting to hear all over again, these, this, there's nothing new under the sun, people. These are just revisited, regurgitated ideas and strategies that have been sitting in books or sitting un, under somebody's bookshelf, gaining dust until the right, the right oh, opportunity and environment allowed itself to take place again. Let me tell
2: you something, man. You just put something on my mind, because when you're talking about what was the last part of that article, you talked about autonomy, right? Correct. All right. So I'm I'm a nerd for those that don't know that I like to define words and make sure we understand. I think it's important that our listeners not just think when we say autonomy that you just assume you know what that means. So I'm gonna read the definition of autonomy because this is going to speak to something that has always transpired. It has, if you go back into, we just recently celebrated what Juneteenth, right? Juneteenth is when, you know, the last of the slaves were notified that they were free 1865. Uh, they learned, and that was actually in Texas, but there was also some things that transpired after the, you know, uh, after slavery ended, they made it a law to where if you would, if you, if it was against the law to not be working, you go, go, go do your research. So basically what took place is, is that when they freed the slaves, what wound up had transpiring, that if you weren't actually working, you'd be basically thrown in prison and you'd be right back to where you started again. You get what I'm saying? So um, somebody said, what are you talking about? Where is this dude? He always go out in the left field. We talk about autonomy. Autonomy is nothing more than a self-governing community. That's really what that is. Independence or freedom or as the will of one's actions. I think we can all say that there's some things transpiring in this country right now where those that are controlling everything are the ones that's writing the laws, right? Facts. So what you Facts. see taking place is somebody said, well, "How is this relevant to football?" What you see taking place is with these these big time power five programs jumping into these big time conferences. I mean, they are making it to where it's like we're gonna go form our own league. We have our own rules, and we're not basically governed by the NCAA. We got our own budgets, we got our own money, so we can play amongst ourselves and still do what we got to do. And we don't have to worry about, you know, someone infiltrating or or, or this thing that that, that the, this this thing that scares the heck out of these schools is called parity. There's never been. They don't want parity because when there was parity, so oh, would you say? They were afraid to play. Zoe Shaq has already expounded upon that. So Jackson State, I'm not going to say Jackson State is the is the, is the driving force of, 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 of what's transpiring, but it is a variable and it is a factor because if you get a you and a Gremlin and a Southern, because their strength is in our what? Our wealth numbers. is in our unity, right? Strength in numbers and our wealth is in our unity. If you just got Jackson State doing this, then, okay, you can single out Jackson State and Deion Sanders and, and then you can try to you know, put a monkey wrench in the game. But boy, oh boy, if Alabama A&M and Alabama State and Southern and Gramlin and FAMU and North Carolina A&T and Tennessee State and, and, and all these other HBCUs tend to rise up and these big time players tend to return and start patronizing these universities and saying, you know what? I could go play at any one of these schools and get to the same destination. And they start believing that, man, it's going to be, it's gonna be a big issue going on, cause then you now you got parity. You see what I mean? So it's almost like they're lining up and they're really running to where they don't have to play anymore. You can actually form these conferences are getting up to the point. Uh, uh, they get north of numbers of twenty teams in a particular conference, man. But I just wanted to throw it in there because you talked about the article and the article referencing uh, autonomy. Read that article one more time, the title, because I want to make sure we we hammer around on the context of what you guys are talking about. Read
4: that article, title. One more great article, by the way. So the NCAA splits its decision. The big boys didn't score a knockout over the smaller schools, but they did take a cautious step toward autonomy. Now
2: I'm so gonna read they were trying to so they were trying to knock out the small schools,
4: which is what you said. Go ahead. Yeah, but to also, but
3: to also add to that, basically what they did then is the same thing they're trying to do now.
4: Yep. yep. I'm going to read the first, just the first sentence of the article. It says some headline writers call it the birth of a new super football conference. Sound familiar? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The the lions at last rising up and moving away from the lambs. Okay. And then to go on to the second part of the paragraph, and here's where it gets interesting because a lot of people don't understand this wasn't you know, just some run-of-the-mill decision. There was a lot of money behind this. It was, some, it was some people that were furious, but it was none of those things. After a heated debate, the vote to divide the re- Division I football into 1A and 1AA at the National Collegiate Athletic Association Convention in Atlanta last week was no more than the first, albeit most important step in structuring the game so that it can serve everyone along compatible lines, i.e., legislative lines that join schools with similar philosophies and economic and physical commitments. So basically, we're not going to play no black schools. I mean, we and only people, go. We,
2: don't, we, please, don't, please don't, please don't apply your 2022 understanding to this. To this, to this <laughs> time stamp. This is time stamp, man. On, Hold
3: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shaq, if you just go down just a little bit further, there's a bullet point. And it says, and I quote, a super conference of elitists has been formed by the halves of college football at the expense of the have nots. Wow.
4: There it is. Wow.
3: So there it is. what do we
2: say? What do we say? History repeats itself.
4: It does. It always does. And so to the people who don't have the vision of understanding what era we're in. We are in an era where we're trying to create value for our schools and our programs.
3: But here's, but here's the caveat, that was in 1978, and me being the swag historian that I am, if you actually that was that was actually three years after Walter Payton came out, and he happened to be the fourth pick in the NFL draft in the first round. Robert Brazil went number six in the same NFL draft. Uh, went on to find out that Robert Young actually win, wins Rookie of the Year the following year after uh, walter payton and he didn't even start because walter payton was starting but the SWAC was strong in the late 70s all throughout the 80s right but what but the same time what was going on in the 70s and early 80s was what it was a slow drip of that talent leaving the swag going to F, going to fbs programs going to the d1 program and then also coincide with that what the state funding in all of these uh, states with red states with these HBCUs were dealing with mismanagement, the short, you know, in the short, um, short sidedness on funding, you know, cutbacks, not getting their fair shape, which led to, you know, uh, uh, even into this day's time, you know, with us being able to not feel competitive teams because you didn't get the resources from the state like you were supposed to. You know, Mississippi, you had the Ayers case, Tennessee State had, uh, you know, money they're getting now, Alabama State, uh, and Alabama and then we'll withheld money so again it, it was a it was a plan implemented into how hbcus got in the shape that it's in and again to bring it bring it back to today what co-prime all always says is the only thing we're trying to do is what level the playing field and that's it because I mean of, and
2: here's and, the because because door, man this is this is why it's a shame for and, I, and for all of our listeners JSU or not it is a shame if you're an Hbcu alum uh, a student, Supporter, whatever to frown or scoff at the idea that Jackson State is trying to embark upon our rightful position in place where we should be. We all should want this. It shouldn't be frowned upon that we're trying to. I know we talked about the crab in the barrel, but somebody said, "Well, crabs don't go in the barrel." Well, what well, damn it, go look at the person who put them in there. Because I'm telling you, the person that went to put them, you get what I'm saying. So here's what I'm saying, man. The reality of the matter is, this was this has been intentional for years. We can show you factual data, and one thing about Tiger Talk with the fourteen hundred Club, we don't just talk at the at our rear ends. We go get you fact. We go get you historical data that pinpoints and supports and backs up what we're saying and what we're bringing to the table. So what I, all I'm saying is this: the point that I'm making is is that when you factor in the fact that the NCAA made an intentional legislative move to withhold and slap and slam the smaller schools to try to deal this death blow, yet at the same time while stealing our best and brightest to come and patronize their schools, So I'm going to cripple you. Now, while I'm crippling you, it's almost like Rosewood. Come on, man. Rosewood, it, was, it was a it was a it was a microcosm of a thriving African-American black community. And we were part of we We we, we were living out the dream and it always in with some dishonesty. But here's what took place. Now, if you go and look at the story of that, not to be too long winded about that, you go do your own research about Tulsa, Oklahoma and Redwood and, and what transpired. It all it, it all started from a the stem of a lie. So instead of going to get that one person that you thought was, did something wrong, you wanted to take it to the next step and you wanted to burn down that neighborhood and that, that whole community, because the whole point was to cripple you and to, and to kick your feet out from up on you. So not only am I going to cripple your institutions, we're going to form this super PAC. Well, we're going to circulate all the big dollars and we're going to build ours up while we're at the same time we're going to withhold yours. Second thing we're going to do, we're going to come and take your best and brightest and we're going to bring them over here to ours so they can continue to build ours up. And the other thing we're going to do is we got legislation in place and we're going to basically muddy the waters up. So the money that you rightfully are owed, you're not going to get that money. So now you can't get you can't keep up from a budget standpoint. You can't you, you, you know, your facility's not up to par. Your 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 whole world is basically created and being manipulated and controlled because if you ever wake up, if you ever wake up, we got a problem. And, so and, and now, and so King. now, guess what? You got a microcosm of some some. You got some black folk down there in Jackson, Mississippi, waking up.
3: Well, hold on, well, Shaq, let, let, let me pose, let, let me let me let me pose a question. Let me pose a question to both of y'all, and just go ahead. Hold on, hold
4: on. Yeah. before before you pose that question, Ken forgot one important. Additional on, attribute of what they did.
3: Throw it and in there, they, I,
4: I and, and they also programmed the minds of our people to hate our own people. Oh my goodness, man, Willie Lynn wrong bro. All right, but go ahead. So go
3: let me. So go. Let me pose a question. Just go with me on this. So right here, this article was back in 1978, which is the formation of you know Division One, I, Division One I, right? Yeah. But I asked both of you guys, take your Jackson State glasses off. Okay. If there is no formation in the year of 1978, you tell me what would happen during the 80s if there was no split of Division One, Division One, Double A.
4: Jackson
2: State would have been national champions in college no, football.
3: But guess what? Fam, you were strong. Jackson State was strong. Grambling was rolling. See, the thing is, people don't want to highlight that. But you go back to the late 70s. Grambling was rolling. Grambling beat Temple. Grambling uh-huh. beat FBS, Grambling beat Temple, Grambling beat Oregon State in, in like 83 or 84, I believe. No, uh, no, 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 no. no. They beat Temple in 75 in Japan. I, I think they beat Oregon State in 83 or 84, one of them. But those teams were strong, and, and Jackson State was rolling in the 80s. So the thing is, if there is no siphoning of the black talent in the 70s, you know, I guarantee you those schools, Alabama want to play Alabama State and Alabama A and I MD. Man, Florida and Florida State were trying to were trying to get on the field with FAMU. And Deion Sanders himself, he said, you know what? I was never recruited by HBCU. Not because I didn't want to go there. They just didn't think that they could get me. So they never even tried to come at me. But I would, you know, and guess what? He stayed on FAMU's campus. So guess what? In the eight, we're we're still talking about the 80s because Prime uh, was in 87. And the swag right. was strong then, so imagine Dion Sanders at FMU. You see hey, what I'm saying? Al.
4: Hey, wow. hey so just, Ken, just think about that, Ken and Zoe, I want you guys to to realize how diabolical this plan was in this article. Oh my goodness! In, this is this, article,
2: this plan, man, is consistent
4: with a lot of things we've seen transpire
2: this country. Cor- Go ahead I mean, and this, this on is. It.
4: In Go ahead, the, here, here is the criteria to be one A at that time. All right, this is their words. These are the criteria for a school's admittance to 1A. 60% of its games against other 1A teams. Okay? Either a 30,000-seat stadium and an average attendance of 17,000 for one year in the last four or an average of 17,000 over the last four years. If a school has either of these, And an eight-sport program would do. If not, it must have a 12-sport program. So I ask you again, why were we considered 1AA? Jackson State had more than a 17,000-seat attendance in 1978. All of the black schools did, pretty
3: much. No, they did. No, they didn't. The only school, the only uh, F, the only HBCUs that actually had a larger stadium, uh, FAMU wasn't even that big at that time because Brad got extended. Uh, Jackson State was playing Memorial Stadium, but Valley Stadium held ten thousand. Alc- Alcorn was still playing at Henderson Stadium that held ten thousand. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure that if Mumford was still that same size. If it was, Mumford was still at the time I believe around twenty, so they may have they may have been one, but. Uh Gramlin, um Eddie Robinson Stadium was built in the late eighties, I believe. But before then that stadium wasn't that big. And even now, they, they just beat the threshold because Robinson Stadium holds nineteen thousand six hundred uh album Annum. Their stadium was uh, was small. Uh, Alabama State. Uh, I'm not sure they were playing in the Crampton Bowl at that time, but if they weren't, their stadium was real small. So that and and that's why that number was there. Because watch this. Even if you go in the year of 2021, how many FCS schools actually average over 17,000? Not a lot. Thank you. Not a lot. <laughs> Thank you. But so you understand, with that number put in place, most of the HBCUs, their stadium was under 10,000 fans. So pretty much that number was there. There was no way you're gonna get above it. I also remember the at that time the, the HBCUs thrived off of classics. Their thing was to leave off of campus to play in these neutral sites in these major inner cities. You see what I'm saying? And that didn't go towards your home, your home attendance anyway. So we had no way, we had no way to get above that number. If you want to be honest, we, we had games where we got 50, 60,000, but that was a neutral site game. It wasn't your home attendance. So, so mm-hmm. go ahead. I just want to add that in there for for you.
4: Oh, that's good points, man. Way to correct. No, no. I, I stand corrected. That's that's the way to, that's the way to correct. Well, we 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 all here for each other. I mean, that's the whole
2: point. I mean, it's a, it's that's why you get multiple, um, um, you know, heads in 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 here on the topic because, you know, we can all bond our heads together. And I'm more of a. I always I'm a deep thinker, man. And I I, I really I can see it as clear as day. That that's what we that's what we're up against, and that's why I just don't understand. Well, I do understand. There's no value in um, stating the obvious. You know, we already are sitting where we're sitting. So if I'm coming to you with this radical, uh, uh, visionary type uh, mindset, and I got this revolutionary thought, and and I'm I, I'm, I'm going for it, I don't need you to tell me where I currently am because I think I already. The mere fact that I'm looking to make this drastic change in this big jump, my position highlights the magnitude of the jump. So we already know where we are. So it's really counterproductive and it's a waste of time for those to come to us and try to explain to us what we already know about where we are. Obviously, we're not saying we're going to do that because in order to get something you've ever got, you got to do something you've never done before. So that's why I just be like, I don't I don't get the, the waste of time on. You guys aren't this. You don't have this. You don't have that. But when you really look at it, you guys uh, all should be rooting for somebody to 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 crack the code and give the blueprint. You know what I mean? And and I think right now we have the momentum and we have a we have a a map in place. We have a a leader that's in place that could absolutely do it. That's why I love you know sevens Carl Reed. You know he came on Tiger Talk before. Shout out to Carl Reed and uh, he's a. Uh, really making waves on social media and and doing outstanding interviews and so forth and so on. But one of the things he, 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 he mentioned a very, very radical idea that just kind of made the (laughs) social media go crazy, but he didn't just say it. He gave some, 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 some very specific uh, radical, you know, components of why he thought what he thought and how you could get there. So, you know, I, I, that's pretty much what I have. If you guys want to, Maybe touch on that, or kind of, you know, as we get ready to close the show, because we can go on and on and on and on. But I want to make sure that we, you know, don't leave any 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 meat on the bone. And well, I, I, I just
3: with... I just wanted to add one thing, man, and that is, well, you know, don't focus so much. Um, anyone who's listening to my voice, don't focus so much on the end game being the Big Ten. I mean, it's just a, it was just an idea. It was a radical idea. And hey, like we always say, you dream big. It's definitely saying we're definitely going there. No, we're not saying that. But the thing is, you don't, sh- you don't sit there and say you don't shoot for that. So here's the thing. If you, don't, if you don't make the Big Ten, if the opportunity presents itself, because let's just say hypothetically speaking, we go undefeated this year. We win the swag, We're averaging 55,000 fans. We win the Celebration Bowl. You know if that happens, we're already going to be in the major lexicon of college football. We're, we're going to be plastered all over television. Our name will be out there. The, uh, we're going to have another great recruiting class. And we'll be uh, at, a, at, a, at a step that no HBCU and practically no FCS school has ever been. And we're not even in the FCS playoffs and none of that stuff that people think that we should be. And if we get an invite, what if, it, what if we do get an invite to the Sun Belt? It's not out the realm of, impossible, of being impossible to get done because we have a lot to offer again. If we join that conference, we'll be the biggest brand. And it's just floating the idea of, Hey, Coast prime, you don't have to leave and go to Georgia tech or go to Florida state. You can build the very thing that you want at Jackson state. And you can take that program because you are a lightning rod. Like he said, like he stated, and you can do the, the unthinkable because no one's ever done it. And you can take an SCS program to move up to power five. Also, since we always like to use templates of what we can't do, let me give you guys a template of what we can do. There's a school called Boise State. Boise Mm. State started as a junior college. Boise State, is in Boise, Idaho, just like Jackson. Boise State, Jackson State. Go look at Boise State's attendance. And Boise is in Boise, Idaho, which is not a great football-producing state. So all of their players come from California and Texas, by the way. So if Boise State, who just so happens to now be in the Mountain West Conference, which is not a Power 5 conference, but but Boise State has had great success under Chris Peterson. They've been ranked. Many times over, been to a New Year's Eve bowl game, beaten Oklahoma, and that football program is not thought of as, um you know, it's, it's a mid major, but when it's winning, it's thought of in the same lesser con of Britta being in the Pac 12 and can be in the Pac 12, to be honest with you. Why can't Jackson State do that? Miss me on that. Oh, Jackson State can't do it because their budget is only this. Do you know what border State's budget is? It's not that more than Jackson State. Is it more than Jackson State? Yes, it is. But just because we have it doesn't mean that we can't get you have not because you ask not what we are now is not a is not a template of where we're going. And that's the problem that I have. People act like because what we are, we need to we need to stay stuck where we are and we can not right. grow to be better. That's right. the problem we see ourselves better than what we are. We know what we can to be. That's just like when we averaged 35,000 with a four and a record, I was on the record of saying, you know what? If Jackson state reaches its potential, we could average 55,000. Don't sound crazy. Now does it? Because we can do no. it. If we had told you, Hey bro, we're going to sign the highest ranked recruit ever in, in, in recruiting, man, you crazy. Ain't nobody like that coming. Ha, They're coming. If I told you we have multiple five stars, coming on visits right now during the summer where no other fcs school is doing that you won't believe me jackson state is doing it so mm-hmm. miss me on that what we can't do we're telling you what we're doing so again i don't have time to worry about your vision i can't worry about you having a 28 division we got 2020 over here we got good insurance. Right. so we good so i mm-hmm. mean look all i'm saying is look we're going to, we're gonna shoot for the star, shoot for the moon. And if we can't hit that joker, we're gonna be amongst the stars. We can't worry about the negativity, what we can't do. We're gonna tell you what we gonna do. And just sit back and enjoy the ride. Cause we're making moves, baby. Go tigers. DLL. <laughs> on that note,
4: I mean what what can you say after that, right? He's supposed, supposed, supposed to queue up and you supposed to queue up neck. <laughs> <Bounce.
1: laughs> And that'll do it for episode 246 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify users. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you, downloading, subscribing rating, and reviewing the show, and tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on, and we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag, I believe. Hashtag, the, I, love.